You're listening to Trinity Fremont's Sermon Podcast, where you can hear God's Word preached each and every week. Our purpose at Trinity is to raise up Christ's followers in our families and in our communities. We pray that as you listen to this week's sermon, you'll be encouraged and equipped to live out your faith in all that you do. Grace alone. Right, today is uh, Reformation Sunday, uh, like I said, with, with confirmation, I've been calling it Confer-Reformation Sunday, uh, but it is a day uh, where we remember that 505 years ago, uh, a man named Martin Luther uh, was, uh, was frustrated with uh, the, 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 the teachings of the church. As he'd spent some time being a monk and reading God's Word, he, he realized that what God's Word said was not exactly what was happening within the church. And so his desire was to reform the church from within because as Luther read the Bible, as Luther read the Scriptures, he realized that according to Scriptures alone, we are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. But as he looked around him, he saw that the church was really focused on what people were doing, whether it was prayer or fasting or vigils or, or the giving of alms or, or the, the, the touching of relics or, or, or coming to the sacraments or, or even paying indulgences, he realized that that's, that doesn't seem to fit with what Scripture is teaching. And, and Luther wanted to have a discussion, um, but to boil a number of years down into a very short period of time, that just didn't work out, and so Luther was, was kicked out of the church. Uh, and and then we're here today, right? But again, that's a, a lot of history boiled down into a very short amount of time because uh, today is a day that, that Luther would not want us to focus on him, but instead he would want us to focus on Jesus. Uh, and so that's what we're going to do today. And, and really the, the section of Scripture that opened the eyes of Martin Luther to see that, that we are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, was, was the book of Romans, uh, and so that's what we're going to be taking a look at today. Uh, but when I was a kid, I, I remember growing up, I memorized a lot of verses in, in the Bible. I remembered a, lot, a verse here, a verse there, a verse there. And uh, so I, I, I grew up, I was going to Awana, uh, which, you know, like the Ephraim and the Alliance Church have, but it's a, uh, it's a lot of verse memorization. Um, and so one of the verses that sticks out with me, I think more than any other verse, uh, it's a verse that I know I memorized in Awana, one of the first ones I memorized there. It was a verse that I heard it, you know, I, I, I was reinforced at home, was reinforced when I went to worship, was Romans 3.23. Uh, does anyone have Romans 3.23 memorized? Uh, a few of you are nodding your head. Yeah, Romans 3.23 is, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now, I've said this a few times, but, but this verse was really a microcosm of my faith life. I fall short of the glory of God. I'm not good enough. Right? This, was, this was a microcosm of, of Luther's life. Right? I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. And that's what would play over and over in his mind. And that's what played over and over in my mind a lot as I was growing up. Uh, but, but when Paul writes, a lot of times uh, we get these verses, but we have a sentence that spans like six different verses. And that's what we get here because what's at the end of this verse? Is it a period? No, it's a comma, right? So at the end of this verse is a comma. That means there's more to come. So how many of you have Romans 3.24 memorized? 
Yeah, I'm hearing crickets, right? So, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Boy, it's sure nice when we continue on with the verse, isn't it? Right? Yes, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, but at the same time, all are justified by His grace as a gift. Last week, we talked a lot about the word mercy, uh, which the definition of mercy is not getting what I deserve. This week, we get a look at the other side of that coin, grace, getting what I don't deserve. I don't deserve God's goodness. I don't deserve God's love. I don't deserve God's redemption. I don't deserve God's righteousness in my life. But yet, by His grace as a gift, it is given to you and is given to me. And so, how is it that you are made righteous? How is it that God gives you this gift? Well, again, let me, to try and get the whole context, let me go back a verse again. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward. So Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by His blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in His divine forbearance, He had passed over former sins. So, how are you justified? Well, God put Jesus forward as a propitiation. That's a really big word, right? How many of you can give me the definition of propitiation? How many of you wish we just skipped over the word and I didn't say it and we could just move on because I'll never remember it, right? Propitiation is a thing. Propitiation in the Old Testament, uh, as, as the uh, priest's would sacrifice uh, for the people, there was this big Ark of the Covenant where the, where the dwelling of God rested. And the propitiation was a covering that was placed over that Ark of the Covenant so that as the priests sprinkled the blood of the sacrifices that it would not get on the altar, but it would cover, or would not get on the, the Ark of the Covenant, it would cover the Ark of the Covenant. Well, in the New Testament, as Paul uses propitiation, that covering is not placed over the Ark of the Covenant, that covering is placed over you. And that blood that is shed, that is sprinkled on that propitiation is the blood of Jesus. And so, uh, you've heard it before, Uh, Paul speaks about it, but when, when you hear that you are covered in the robes of Christ's righteousness, that is the propitiation of God that is cast over you, reminding you that you are saved by grace that you are no longer slaves to sin, you are no longer slaves to the law. It's in our gospel reading in John. If you uh, look on the front of your bulletin and see some other readings in John 18, we read that we are no longer slaves to the law. So then the question is, what do we do about the law? Right? Because if you're, if you're outside, the, church, outside the, uh, the Lutheran church and you look in, it can be very easy to look at Lutherans and caricaturize us as people who don't think we have to do anything. Right? We're saved by grace, which means we don't have to do anything. We're saved by grace, so we can do whatever we want. We can sin we can, because Jesus will take care of us. That's, that can be a caricature of uh, what we believe, and, but that's not what we believe. Because right, Paul continues to the end of Romans chapter 3 where he says, do we then overthrow this law by faith? So since you have faith, do we get rid of the law? Well, by no means. On the contrary, we uphold the law. 
So it's not that we're slaves to the law, but we are called to uphold the law. And the law is just another word for God's will. Sounds a lot better when we say God's will. Law sounds bad. It's not bad. The law is good. It is God's will for your lives. And so as we want to uphold the law, as we want to uphold God's will, it means knowing what God's will is. Knowing what the law is. And so that's why we teach. That's why we start with with toddlers, with infants, teaching them who Jesus is and all the way up into confirmation and then beyond. That's why we teach about who God is, what His law is, so that we know how it is that we can uphold the law. And so as we consider that, again, that's why one of the reasons that we have confirmation. So we can teach you what God's will says, and then we talk about hearing God's word, reflecting on God's word, and then putting it into practice. And so as we consider that, we have some more questions for you two, as well as the rest of the congregation, to consider, right? And I'm not going to make you stand up for these, but we are going to ask these and look at these questions. And so, some other questions that we want to consider on your, on your confirmation day is, do you uphold all the prophetic and apostolic scriptures to be the inspired Word of God? All of these questions need, like uh, Luther's, what does this mean? So, do you uphold all the prophetic and apostolic scriptures to be the inspired Word of God? What does this mean? It means, uh, is God's Word true? It is, it is the, the book that's in front of you or the words that you read on your phone that are Genesis, Exodus, Matthew, Mark, all of those books, are those actually God's Word for you today? Or even another way to consider it, you know, the words, the book that Luther read to help him understand and to help teach us that, we are, that the Scriptures alone teach that we are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, are those the inspired Word of God? And so, I ask you two first. So, your answers are on the screen, right? Okay. Do you uphold the prophetic and apostolic Scriptures to be the inspired Word of God? All right. And congregation, you get the same question. Do you uphold all the prophetic and apostolic Scriptures to be the inspired Word of God? I do. All right, next question that we want to consider. Do you confess the doctrine of the evangelical Lutheran church drawn from the Scriptures as you have learned to know it from the small catechism to be faithful and true? What does this mean? Uh, Do you confess that what we believe, teach, and confess here at Trinity, or uh, do you confess that what, as Luther read, what he and others understood to be a correct understanding of God's Word uh, and, and then he wrote the small catechism, right? That was for, for parents, for heads of households to teach their family in a simple way. Do you confess that to be faithful and true? Right, that's what we're asking here. So, let me ask you, do you confess the doctrine of the evangelical Lutheran church drawn from the scriptures as you have learned to know it from the small catechism to be faithful and true? And then congregation, same question. Do you confess the doctrine of the evangelical Lutheran church drawn from the scriptures as you have learned to know it from the small catechism to be faithful and true? I do. All right, next question. This one's shorter. Do you intend to hear the word of God and receive the Lord's Supper faithfully? Well, again, what does this mean? Well, my question is, where is it that you are able to consistently hear the word of God and receive the Lord's Supper? This, this is an actual question. Where do you hear the Lord, Word of God and receive the Lord's Supper? Right here? Right in church? 
is where we're able to do that, right? The Bible that you read, that we, that we preach on, uh, but also the, the Lord's Supper, it happens right here, right? And so the question is, are you going to come back next week? Or is this graduation? Right? And so as, as the question is, will you be here next week or the week after or the week after, right? Will you continue to be in God's house to hear His Word and receive His Supper? And so I ask you, do you intend to hear the Word of God and receive the Lord's Supper faithfully? And congregation, I ask you the same question. Uh, do you intend, whoops, I went, uh, same question. Do you intend to hear the Word of God and receive the Lord's Supper faithfully? I do. And then these next two questions we're going to put together because they really kind of ask a very similar question. Do you intend to live according to the Word of God and in faith, word, and deed to remain true to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, even to death? And do you intend to continue steadfast in this confession in church and to suffer all, even death, rather than fall away from it? Now, those are some really, really heavy questions to ask ninth graders. Right? Do you intend to continue in this church, not just Trinity Lutheran Church, but the, like the body, Christ's body, do you intend to continue in his body even if death, you know, comes of it? Now, hopefully that's not the case, right? Hopefully uh, in your lifetime you are not forced to choose between your faith or living. Right? So hopefully we don't have to worry about that even death piece, but, but I want to kind of expand that a little bit because what this question is asking right, is, will you make being a disciple of Jesus the most important thing in your life? Or, or even, will you make being a disciple of Jesus more important than life itself? But again, hopefully you don't have to worry about having to choose between faith or your life. But at the same time, we want to consider what that might mean in our daily lives. So the last two weekends, last weekend and the weekend before, uh, I had the joy of, of officiating weddings on both of those weekends. And in both of those services, uh, the couples chose Ephesians 5 as their wedding passage. Uh, how many of you had Ephesians 5 uh, from your wedding, if, if you can remember? And hopefully not just one of you raises your hand. Okay, not many. Okay. All right. Ephesians 5 is not one that's read very often anymore because there's this one word that we don't like in there called submit. Uh, and so not many people choose that passage anymore. But, but in that, Paul is talking to husbands in Ephesians 5.25. He says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and died, gave himself up for her. Right? Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. This does not mean that in order for me to be a godly husband that I need to go die for my wife. Like, I don't need to jump in front of a bullet or push her out in front of, out, out, of, out of the way of a bus and die for her. Right? That's not what it means. Or, you know, if, if, that, if that needs to happen, I should do that. Uh, but what, what Paul is saying is that for me to be a godly husband, I should be daily dying to my will so that I can uphold Stacy's will in our marriage. And the same question is true for you in the church, right? Will you die to your will in order to uphold the will of God, right? Even though, as, as Paul said, you aren't a slave to the law, you are still called to uphold the law. And so I ask you today, do you intend 
to live according to the Word of God and in faith, word and deed to remain true to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, even to death. Elliot, I didn't hear you. That's your turn. I do? Okay. All right. All right. Next for you. Uh, Do you intend to continue steadfast in this confession and church and to suffer all, even death, rather than fall away from it? All right. Oh, wait. That was just for them. Now it's your turn. All right. We'll go back. Uh, Do you intend... Right? Did I do it right? Yeah, okay. Uh, Do you intend to live according to the Word of God, this is for the congregation, and in faith, word, and deed to remain true to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, even to death? I do. And do you intend to continue steadfast in this confession in church and to suffer all, even death, rather than fall away from it? Congregation? I do. Well, thanks be to God. Right? Thanks be to God that that, uh, even though you know, because all of those were I intend right? A lot of those were I intend, I confess. Uh, we know that we will fall short. I know that you too will fall short of the glory of God, but that's not where the sentence ends, right? For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified by His grace as a gift. So thanks be to God that He has given you that gift, that He has made you right And so that when God the Father looks at you, he sees Jesus. He sees that propitiation, that you are clothed in the robes of Christ's righteousness. So may God bless you. And may God bless all of you as you seek to uphold the law and as you are surrounded by and encouraged by men and women who will encourage you and who will be encouraged by your commitment to the faith that he has given to you. And may you always remember that the scriptures alone teach that you are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Amen? Amen. And now may God's peace be with you.